0: Section 12 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wen Rouyi, Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2, by Cao Xueqin. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly Chapter 30 Part 2 It happened to be the season of the greatest heat. Breakfast time, too, was already past, and masters as well as servants were, for the most part, under the influence of the lassitude for lengthy days. As Y therefore strolled from place to place, his hand behind his back, he heard not so much as the call of a crowd, issuing out of his grandmother's compound on the near side. He wended his steps westward and crossed the passage on which Lady Feng's quarters gave. As soon as he reached the entrance of her court, he perceived the door ajar. But aware of Lady Feng's habit of taking, during the hot weather, a couple of hours sister at noon, he did not feel it a convenient moment to intrude walking accordingly through the corner door he stepped into madame wang's apartment here he discovered several waiting-mates dozing with the needlework clasped in their hands madame wang was asleep on the cool couch in the inner rooms jing chuan was sitting next to her massaging her legs but she too was quite drowsy and her eyes were all array. Pao Yu drew up to her with gentle treat. The moment, however, was he unfastened the pendants from the earrings she wore. Jing Chuan opened her eyes, and realized that it was no one than Pao Yu. Are you feeling so worn out? He smilingly remarked in a low tone of voice. Jing Chuan pursed up her lips, and gave him a smile then waving her hands so as to bid him quit the room she again closed her eyes pao y at the sight of her felt considerable affection for her and unable to tear himself away so quietly stretching his head forward and noticing that madame wang's eyes were shut he extracted from a purse suspended about his person one of the scenty snow for moistening mouth-pills with which it was full, and placed it on Jing Chun-er's lips. Jing Chuan'er, however, did not open her eyes, but simply held the pill in her mouth. Bao Yu then approached her and took her hand in his. I ask you of your mistress. He gently observed, smiling. And you and I will live forever. To this, Jing Chuan-er said not a word. If that won't do, Yu continued. I'll wait for your mistress to wake and appeal to her at once. Jing Chuan'er distended her eyes wide and pushed Yu off. What's the hurry? She laughed. A gold-haired pin may fall into the well, but if it's yours, it'll remain yours only. Is it possible that you don't even see the spirit of this proverb? But I'll tell you a smart thing. Just you go into the small court, on the east side and you are fine for yourself what mr chia huan and cai y are up to let them be up to whatever they like smiled pao yu i shall simply stick to your side but he then saw madame wang twist herself around get up and give a slap to jing chuan er on her mouth you mean wench she exclaimed abusing her while she pointed her finger at her it's you, and the like of you, who corrupt these fine young fellows with all the nice things you teach them, the moment Pao Y perceived Madame Wang rise, he bolted like a streak of smoke, J trying meanwhile felt half of her face as hot as fire, yet she did not dare utter one word of complaint. The various waiting-maids soon came to hear that Madame Wang had awoke, and they rushed in in the body. Go and tell your mother, Madam Wang thereupon said to Yu Chuan to fetch your elder sister away. Ting at this words, speedily fell on her knees, with tears in her eyes. I won't venture to do it again, she pleaded. If you, Madam, wish to flog me or to scold me, do so at once, and as much as you like, but don't send me away you will thus accomplish an act of heavenly grace i've been in attendance on your ladyship for about ten years and if you now drive me away will i be able to look at any one in the face though madame wang was a generous tender-hearted person and had at no time raised her hand to give a single blow to any servant-girl she however when she accidentally discovered jing chuan behave on this occasion in this bare-faced manner a manner which had all her lifetime been most reprehensible to her was so overcome by passion that she gave jing chuan just one slip and spoke to her a few sharp words and albeit jing chuan indulged in solicitous entreaties she would not on any account keep her in her service at length Jin Chun'an's mother, Dame Bai, was sent for to take her away. Jinhuaan therefore had to conceal her disgrace, suppress her resentment, and quit the mansion. But without any further reference to her, we will now take up a story with Pao Y as soon as he saw Madame Wan awake, his spirits were crushed all along. he hastily made his way into the Daguan garden here his attention was attracted by the ruddy sun shining in the zenith the shade of the trees extending far and wide the thong of the cicadas filling the air and by a perfect stillness not even broken by the echo of a human voice by the instant he got near the trellis with the cinnamon roses the sound of sobs fell on his ear doubts and surmises crept into Yu's mind. So halting at once, he listened with intentness. Then, actually, he discerned someone on the offside of the trellis. This was the fifth moon, the season when the flowers and the foliage of the cinnamon roses were in full bloom, furtively peeping through an aperture in the fence. Yu saw a young girl squatting under the flowers, and digging the ground with a hairpin she held in her hand as she dug she silently gave way to tears can it be possible mused pao y that this girl too is stupid can she also be following p'ing example and come to enter flowers why if she's likewise really borrowing flowers he afterwards went on to smilingly reflect This can aptly be termed, Dong Shi tries to imitate a frown. But not only is what she does not original, but it is despicable to boot. You needn't. He meant to shout out to the girl, at the conclusion of this train of thought. Try and copy Miss Ling's example. But before the words had issued from his mouth, he luckily scrutinized her a second time and found that the girl's features were quite unfamiliar to him that she was no menial and that she looked like one of the twelve singing maids who are getting up the days he could not however make out what roles she filled scholars girls old men women or buffoons pao y quickly put out his tongue and stopped his mouth with his hand how fortunate he inwardly soliloquised that i did not make any relentless remark it was all because of my inconsiderate talk on the last two occasions that p'ing er got angry with me and that Bao cha felt hurt and had i now given them offence also i would have been in a still more awkward fix while wrapped in these thoughts He felt much annoyance at not being able to recognize who she was. But on further minute inspection, he noticed that this maiden, with contracted eyebrows, as beautiful as the hills in spring, frowning eyes as clear as the streams in autumn, a face with transparent skin and a slim waist, was elegant and beautiful and almost the very image of lin tai y pao y could not from the very first make up his mind to wrench himself away but as he stood gazing at her in a dotish mood he realized that although she was tracing on the ground with the gold-hair pin she was not digging a hole to bury flowers in but was merely delineating characters on the surface of the soil Baoyu's eyes followed the hairpin from first to last, as it went up, and as it came down. He watched each dash, each dot, and each hook. He counted the strokes. They numbered eighteen. He himself then set to work and sketched with his finger on the palm of his hand the lines in their various directions and in the order they had been traced a few minutes back, so as to endeavor to guess what the character was. On completing the sketch, he discovered, the moment he came to reflect, that it was the character Qiang, in the combination Chiang Wei, representing cinnamon roses. She, too, pondered Bao Yu, must have been bent upon writing verses, or supplying some line or other, and at the sight now of the flowers the idea must have suggested itself to her mind, or it may very likely be that having spontaneously devised a couplet. She got suddenly elated and began, for fear it should slip from her memory, to trace it on the ground, so as to turn the rhythm. Yet there's no thing. Let me see, however, what she's going to write next. While cogitating, he looked once more. No, the girl was still tracing. By tracing up or tracing down, it was ever the character Qiang. When he gazed again, it was still the self-same Qiang. The one inside the fence fell, in fact, from an early stage into a foolish mood. And no sooner was one Chiang finished than she started with another so that she had already written several tens of them. The one outside gazed and gazed, until he unwittingly also got into the same foolish mood. Intent with his eyes upon following the movements of the pin, in his mind he communed thus with his own thoughts. This girl must, for a certainty, have something to say or some unspeakable momentous secret, that she goes on like this, but if outwardly she behaves in this wise, who knows what anguish she may not suffer at heart? And yet, with a frame to all appearances so very delicate, how could she ever resist much inward anxiety? Woe is me that I'm unable to transfer some part of her burden onto my own shoulders. In midsummer, summer, cloudy and bright weather are uncertain a few specks of clouds sufficed to bring about rain of a sudden a cold blast swept by and tossed about by the wind fell a shower of rain pao y perceived that the water trickling down the girl's head saturated her girl's attire in no time it's pouring pao y debated within himself and how can a frame like hers resist the burns of such a score Unable therefore to restrain himself, he vehemently shouted, Leave off writing! See, it's pouring! You're wet too! The girl caught his words and was frightened out of her wits. Raising her head, she at once descried something one or other standing beyond the flowers and calling out to her, Leave off writing! It's pouring! But as y was, firstly of handsome appearance, and as secondly the luxuriant abundance of flowers and foliage screamed with their bolts, thick-laden with leaves, the upper and lower part of his person, just leaving half of his countenance exposed to view, the maiden simply jumped at the conclusion that he must be a servant girl, and never for a moment dreamed that it might be Baoyu. Many thanks, sister, for recalling me to my senses, she consequently smiled. Yet, is there forsooth anything outside there to protect you from the rain? This single remark proved sufficient to recall Yu to himself, with an exclamation of, Aiya! He at length become conscious that his whole body was cold as ice, then dropping his head, he realized that his own person too was drenched. This will never do, he cried, and with one breath he had to run back into the Yi Hong court. His mind, however, continued much exercise about the girl, and she had nothing to shelter her from the rain. As the next day was the Dragon Ball Festival, Wen Guan and the other singing girls, twelve in were given a holiday, so they came into the garden and amused themselves by roaming everywhere and anywhere. As luck would have it, the two girls, Bao Guan, who filled the role of young man, and Yu Guan, who represented young women, were in the Yi Hong court, enjoying themselves with Xi Ren, when rain set in and they were prevented from going back so in a body they stopped off the rain to allow the water to accumulate in the yard. Then catching those that could be caught and driving those that had to be driven, they laid hold of a few of the green-headed ducks, variegated marsh birds, and colored mandarin ducks, and tying their wings, they let them loose in the court to disport themselves. Closing the court, Yen and her playmates stood together under the verandah and enjoyed the fun pao y therefore found the entrance shut he gave a rap at the door but as every one inside was bent upon laughing they naturally did not catch the sound and it was only after he had called and called and made the noise by thumping at the door that they at last heard imagining however that pao could not be coming back at that hour hsi Ren shouted laughing, Who's it now knocking at the door? There's no one to go and open it's I rejoined pao It's Miss Pao chai's tone of voice added she Nonsense cried ch'ing wen, what would Miss Pao come over to do at such an hour? Let me go chimed in Xijen. And see through the fissure in the door, and if we can open, we'll open. For we mustn't let her go back wet right through. With these words, she came along the passage to the doorway. On looking out, she espied Y dripping like a chicken drenched with rain. Seeing him in this plight, Xiren felt solicitous as well as amused. With alacrity, she flung the door wide open laughing so heartily that she was doubled in two how could i ever have known she said clapping her hands that you had returned sir yet how is that you've run back in this pao y had however been feeling in no happy frame of mind he had fully resolved within himself to administer a few kicks to the person who came to open the door, so as soon as it was unbarred, he did not try to make sure who he was, but under the presumption that it was one of the servant girls, he raised his leg and gave her a kick on the side. ai ejaculated QI Ren. Pao Yu nevertheless went on to abuse. You mean things, he shouted. It's because I've always treated you so considerately that you don't respect me in the last, and you now go to the length of making a laughingstock of me. As he spoke, he lowered his head, then catching sight of Xi Ren. In tears, he realized that he had kicked the wrong person. Hello, he said, promptly smiling. Is it you who've come? Where did I kick you? Ren had never previous to this received even a harsh word from him when therefore she on this occasion unexpectedly saw pao y give her a kick in a fit of anger and what made it worse in the presence of so many people shame resentment and bodily pain overpowered her and she did not in fact for a time know where to go and hide herself She was then about to give rein to her displeasure, but the reflection that Baoyu could not have kicked her intentionally obliged her to suppress her indignation. Instead of kicking, she remarked, don't you yet go and change your clothes. Baoyu walked into the room. As he did so, he smiled. Up to the age, I've reached, he observed. This is the first instance... On which i've ever so thoroughly lost control over my temper as to strike anyone and contrary to all my thoughts it's you that happened to come in my way hsi while patiently enduring the pain effected the necessary change in his attire i've been here from the very first she simultaneously added smilingly so in all things whether large or small, good or bad, it has naturally fallen to my share to bear the burn. But not to say another word about your assault on me. Why, tomorrow you'll indulge your hand and start beating others. I did not strike you intentionally just now, retorted Bao Yu. Whoever said, rejoined Xi Ren, that you did it intentionally it has ever been the duty of that tribe of servant girls to open and shut the doors yet they've got into the way of being obstinate and have long ago become such an abomination that people's teeth each to revenge themselves on them they don't know besides what fear means so had you first assured yourself that it was they and given them a kick a little intimidating would have done them good but I'm at the bottom of the mischief that happened just now for not calling those upon whom it devolves to come and open for you during the course of their conversation. The rain ceased, and Bao Guan and Yu Guan had been able to take their leave. Ren, however, experienced such intense pain in her sight and felt such inward vexation. That at supper she could not put a morsel of anything in her mouth when in the evening at the time came for her to have her bath she discovered on divesting herself of her clothes a bluish bruise on her side of the size of a saucer and she was very much frightened but as she could not very well say anything about it to anyone she presently retired to rest but twitches of pain made her involuntarily moan in her dreams and groan in her sleep. Bao Yu did, it is true, not hurt her with any malice. But when he saw Xi Ren so listless and restless and suddenly heard her groan in the course of the night, he realized how severely he must have kicked her. So getting out of bed, he gently seized the lantern and came over to look at her but as soon as he reached the side of her bed he perceived hsi jen expectorate with a wrench a whole mouthful of flame oh me she gasped as she opened her eyes the presence of pao y startled her out of her wits what are you up to she asked you gaunt in your dreams answered pao y so i must have kicked you hard do you let me see? My hand feels giddy, said Xi My throat foul and sweet. Throw the light on the floor. At these words, Bao Yu actually raised the lantern. The moment he cast the light below, he discerned a quantity of fresh blood on the floor. Bao Yu was seized with consternation. Dreadful was all he could say. At sight of the blood, Xi Ren's heart too partly waxed cold. But, reader, the next chapter will reveal in sequel. If you really have any wish to know more about them. End of Section 12 Recording by Wen Rouyi, Singapore